from Forward Direction LLC, it's the You Should Listen podcast, a show that intersects sports, business, fashion, and hip-hop culture. We draw on experiences from influential people who have carved out a name in their respective creative space. We hope you pick up a few gems along the way. Thanks for tuning in. Music makes the world go round. Today's guest is Eric P. He's an A&R talent rep for Electra Records. We talk about his knack for breaking new artists, managing talent, and tips for breaking into the music industry. Enjoy our conversation. There's a lot of gems in our discussion. So my homeboy just dropped this mixtape, and I got to get it to a record label. Um, you're the person I go to, right? Yeah. I, I... Okay. For the most part, if you really need someone, need the plug or something, yeah. All right. Well, I have to be honest. He, he's a SoundCloud rapper, and he doesn't have any followers. This is actually, like, his first first song, but he swears he's, like, the next fucking, like, superstar, so I don't know. <laughs> well, I don't know. Maybe the la- record label is not the first place to go to. Okay. Cool. Understood. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I actually have Eric P. Uh, from the Electric Music Group. He's an A&R. He's going to be joining the You Should Listen podcast. Eric, go ahead and introduce yourself. Hey, what's up? Um, I am currently at Electra. I'm on the A&R team where I am in a data focused role where I'm basically scraping different... I, I'm kind of in a more nerdy part of A&R where I'm trying to find artists, but through data. Gotcha. Cool. Um, so just want to kind of backtrack a little bit, start, I guess, from day one, where are you actually from? Like, who are you? Where are you from? What were your interests as a kid? Cause I feel like you can't just stumble into like the music industry, even if like, quote unquote, like you said, the, the data portion, like where are you actually from? Where did you grow up? All that good stuff. Yeah. So I'm from the Bay area originally, um, grew up in both Richmond and, uh, Came from a pretty musical family. Uh, my mom, she was in a choir my entire life. When I was growing up, she was in a few choirs. She's retired now, and that's basically her life. She sings in a few choirs still. Um, my dad was just a huge music fan. Uh, my sister sang also. And my background in music growing up, I myself was in a choir. I was in a boys' choir. Uh, and also played a few instruments. That's cool. And I heard you say uh, Richmond. So the first time I actually heard of Richmond was uh, Coach Carter. I'm sure you've seen that movie. Yeah. Yeah. Being, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Being from Virginia, I always thought that they meant Richmond, Virginia. But I was like, oh, there's a Richmond out in California. So it's kind of interesting. Yeah. Oh. Rich what? <laughs> yeah. Um, so that I love that movie because, one, it was filmed in L.A. And, two, Ashanti has the heaviest Brooklyn accent ever. <laughs> exactly. I, mean, I forgot she was, uh, she was in that movie. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Cool. Um, so I know you said that your mom did quite a bit of singing and your dad was all obviously making waves in the music industry as well. Uh, would you say that your, I guess, love for music came from your parents or anywhere else? Yeah, it definitely did. It definitely shaped my taste. One, my dad didn't work in the music industry. Uh-huh. He was just an architect, but he was just a huge fan of like music in the 60s. Um, and yeah, definitely. So my parents both had 
a pretty they had pretty different tastes like my mom one of her favorite artists was R roberta flack um she really loved jazz um samba all types of stuff my dad was really into like 60s pop rock loved the beatles the monkeys um all of those guys but i would say the ones that really shaped the music that i love today and what i really liked growing up um, was my bro older brother and sister my brother he's 10 years older my sister is four years older okay. and i got i got really lucky because um they had really great taste in music so they would just hand me down i'd get a whole bunch of hand-me-downs a whole bunch of cds and tapes and um you know they were listening to the classic hip-hop stuff my brother's really into wu-tang nas jay-z um and at an early age uh got really into that stuff cool yeah i have an older brother as well and he definitely um influenced my fashion and my music taste so like growing up my favorite uh, artists was like Busta Rhymes, Noriega, uh, I think Nas is like his favorite rapper, then obviously Wu-Tang had like a, a big um, phase growing up, but it's funny how like older siblings can kind of shape your musical taste while you're a kid. Yeah, absolutely. I, I remember the first tape I ever got um, that I, I ever actually got to purchase or my parents purchased for me um i went to warehouse with my older sister and she she really wanted to get the maxwell cd that had just come out at the time i don't know what year this was it must have been like 96 or 97 okay. and um i really wanted the missy elliott tape and my mom was just like you can only get one and it made us get the missy elliott tape over the maxwell <laughs> cd <laughs> was it the uh, that, was it the i can't stand the rain I think so. Like, on I, I can remember the picture. It was just like her face, and I think she must have had like purple lipstick. Gotcha. Yeah. And the, and the short hair. Yeah, I think I think that's. It sounds like you made a good choice. I hope your sister's not <laughs> mad about that. That's cool. Yeah. So I was gonna ask also, um, being into music and then someone kind of doing music is is two separate spaces. Have you ever like actually picked up an instrument or picked up a microphone? recorded some some music or made a track yeah um so i was in that boys choir and so i got to learn you know basic music there i did i did boys choir for about i think three or four years mm -hmm. and got really heavy into music theory played a little bit of piano a little bit of guitar but nothing too serious i did play the handbells though so it was a boys choir and handbells okay. <laughs> and that's <laughs> one instrument i did learn um but i think at some point i came to the realization that i wasn't that much a musician like yeah. definitely the least talented in the family um and i think that's kind of the distinction people that work in the music industry tend to make early on is like am i a musician or do i want to like help musicians get okay. reach their goals get to wherever they want to be so i think at a really early age i knew that you know music wasn't really my skill set, but maybe like helping musicians being on the business side um, maybe was. And I, I remember my freshman year of high school, we were supposed to bring in an object for my English class. I think it was like our second week in and bring in an object that was that meant a lot to you. Mm -hmm. um, 
And I just remember bringing in my iPod and I was like, I love music and I want to work in music one day. I stuff that you had that, uh, that vision early on, I was laughing in the background about you said you played the handbells because I remember when I was in seventh grade, I literally joined the band for two reasons. One was I wanted to play the drums. The other was because I wanted to go to this theme park called Bush Gardens. But, because, but before you play the drums, they put me on triangle. And I just remember uh-huh. standing at this school concert and I was like, I'm transferring immediately or I'm going to get out of class. <laughs> the next day I went to the guidance counselor. I was like, listen, I can't be in this. I can't be in band. Like, I can't do this. <laughs> Hey, so, I mean, the handbell is super underrated, you know? Yeah, hey, exactly. <laughs> Everybody has to play their part. Um, yeah. It's kind of interesting how you said that you, um, for show and tell, you, you brought your iPad to class or your iPod to class and you were like, I want to work in the music industry. Did you ever have like any other interests outside of um, working in the music industry? Um, you know, early on, I, I said I wanted to work in the music industry. I knew that's something that I really wanted to do. But as I got older um, and I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do, you know, after high school, you know, trying to figure out what college I wanted to go to. And then after college, when I eventually graduated, like that was a completely different story. So I wasn't following the you know traditional path or like the path that you think I would take after, you know, making that decision early on. So um, after high school, I decided to go to a community college because I really didn't know what I wanted to do. Um, and I also had like a few family commitments so that, so I had to stay back home. Um, and so I did my two years at a community college for like a year and a half. I went to USC after, and I wanted to go to USC because I knew kind of that I wanted to work in music. Um, but also I kind of just wanted to be in LA and be in, in that atmosphere. My brother and sister also moved down to LA. They went to school down there and lived there at the time and still do. Uh, so I, I knew that I wanted to be in LA and it was like far enough from home um, where like I can just kind of have a new start. Uh, and like, it's kind of, it's where the music industry is. And so I started doing like a few music things. So I was, while I was at USC, I was on the concerts committee. So I helped with booking the artists. And then also I had an internship at a record label in A&R. Um, and so at that point, like, okay, I was like, yeah, I'm pretty serious about this. This is something that I want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and the internship at the record label wasn't, so much a traditional internship like I went into the office maybe twice um and it was mostly just like me emailing suggestions of artists that I found through my own research and you know I thought that was kind of cool but I didn't get a real good idea of what NR was and also at the same time I was pretty homesick so after I graduated I was just like so done with LA. I moved back up to the Bay Mm -hmm. and um, I fell into tech. So at the time, this was like 2013, tech is just booming. And there aren't any music jobs in tech, I mean, in the Bay. And I just ended up working in tech for two years, three years. Um, So I did that for about three years. And then I 
started to get really like I felt like I was missing something in my life and I knew that it was music. So I had to find a way to get back into music. Okay. So I started booking for this this small team in San Francisco called So Far Sounds. They also do um con- they basically curate concerts in unique spaces, so like someone's back backyard, someone's living room. Sometimes it was in a startup space uh in an office space and i started booking for them on the side i was still working in tech and i decided to start booking for so far sounds on the side um just for free and it was kind of fun and i was putting on some shows i got to book some pretty cool artists i i got brett fias to perform at a mattress shop in in berkeley I think one of the first shows I booked was Duckworth. So I got to meet some really cool people through that. Um, but I felt like that there was only, there's a ceiling for that. So I had, I realized like I needed to make some moves if I really wanted to pursue music. So I ended up quitting my job in tech and started booking full time at two venues in San Francisco, Slims and Great American Music Hall. And I thought, okay, maybe I want to start. Maybe I want to be a booker. Maybe I want to do some talent buying and, you know, maybe work for like a gold invoice or another planet or something. And I'll just start low level working at a few clubs. Um, But then I realized that booking wasn't that exciting for me. You know, going to the shows was cool and like being in contact with artists and managers. I thought that was kind of cool, but there was no real challenge to it. It was kind of just like, Hey, like I would reach out to a band, and be like, "Hey, do you want to play here on this date?" And they'd be like, "Yeah, cool." And I'd be like, "All right, well then you're booked for this date." And it was just, it was pretty much just that for like seven months, and I got pretty sick of that. Um, and then I found myself at a startup, a music startup. So it's kind of a blend of my past experiences working in tech and then also working in music. I was working for this startup called Dubset. Um, and at Dub, I was doing like content analysis. So it was pretty cool. It's kind of like data science-y. Um, and this, the startup, we distributed mixes and remixes. It was a content management platform. So we distributed mixes and remixes to Apple music. And from there, I, that's when I really realized kind of my, my niche and, um, I, I had a few people that I was talking to where I was trying to make the move to a label and they were giving me some advice and they're just like, you need to, you need to find your niche basically. And you need to find out what kind of value you provide. And at the time I really wanted to work in A&R, but honestly, anyone, anyone, ha- everyone has an ear, you know, everyone has like quote unquote, good taste in music um but like what other skill sets i was thinking in my head what other skill set could i bring to that and um you know with my background in like data analysis i was just like maybe there's a there's a path here for like discovering artists through through the data and so that was something i just started really exploring and then i came up on electra which just happened to be a really great fit um, where my boss, who 
happens to be the president of the label just really leans into the data uh kind of takes like a money ball approach really all in it and we all believe like we will find the next artist through the data gotcha. Gotcha. sorry that's a lot to yeah I sorry thought. that was like a very long-winded answer oh, no, you're good <laughs> I, uh, yeah <laughs> you're good i was jotting down some notes um i wanted to backtrack a little bit um obviously you say you've always had that interest in the music space when you were going into school or when you went to usc after community college what did you major in oh yeah i i majored in communications so i did media studies at the school of journalism at usc um and i was studying media and like the effects uh media has on society Okay, gotcha. Because I heard you say that you didn't really take the traditional path, but I was wondering, is there a quote unquote traditional path for the music industry or are you just kind of thrown to the wolves and you kind of have to figure it out um, yourself? Um, you know, there is and there isn't. There's a lot of schools now that have music business programs and that might be kind of like the easiest way in. Um, mm -hmm. Like those kinds of schools like Syracuse, NYU, USC, um, I think UCLA might have a music business program now. Like those schools kind of feed into the music industry. I know at Electra, there's a ton of people that come from those schools. Um, and I would assume it's the same at other major labels. Um, but, you know, I there's a ton of people that just take like very unorthodox paths to the music industry. And it, like, if you want to work at a label, I think there's so many different ways to get in you know uh but i think the one thing it does take is like a certain level of perseverance and you know really just like trying to find your niche um and figuring out the kind of value you can provide and i think that almost just goes with anything right yeah definitely and um I was going to ask, obviously, you lived in L.A. for quite a bit of time while you were a student at USC. Did you find any artists while you were in college? Like, did you have any friends or people that lived, like, in the same dorm or apartment complex? You were like, damn, they're pretty dope. I could see them blowing up. Like yeah, there there were a few. Um, there was this guy. His name was Tony Fresh. I think he goes by Dr. Fresh now. He is a EDM DJ. I took a an accounting class with him. Um I remember him introducing himself as Tony Fresh. I'm I'm a DJ. It's sick. It's kind of sick that his last name is actually Fresh. Um, yeah, oh, wow. it's like F R E S C H, I think. Um, and he's just like, yeah, I want to be a DJ. And everyone's like, kind of laughing. And now he's he's like doing it. Dang. But there's that guy. I remember through my internship when I was doing like my A and R research thing um i came across isaiah rashad and he only had like oh man a hundred or so followers at the time on soundcloud and this was i think 2012 could could you hear it at the time like obviously he probably shared some music with you could you like did you have the fine-tuned ear at the time to be like damn this dude's probably gonna like be someone someday or is it still like too early to kind of gauge like his talent? No, I I was fucking with his music from the second I heard him. 
Um, he had, I don't think any of them are on Spotify. Maybe Heavenly Father is on. Yeah, Heavenly Father is definitely on Spotify. Uh, but I remember hearing that song. Um, but I actually found him not through his SoundCloud, but it was, I think it was like Rome Fortune, who is an Atlanta rapper, uh, had like reposted one of his songs, I think, or a song that Isaiah Rashad was featured on. And I heard Isaiah Rashad's verse on that song. He was featured on it. And I was just like, okay, this, he has like a really unique voice. And that was something that I was really looking for. I just continue to look for. Gotcha. And kind of speaking of like that unique voice and I heard you say it in your early response about everyone saying that they have an ear and they're like, oh, this, this dude's going to be the, the next thing to blow. How do you go about finding like a new artist? Because like, for example, I have a lot of friends that are either rappers or aspiring rappers that are dropping mixtapes and like, yo, play my shit on your podcast. <laughs> uh, like that's, that's probably, like that's probably, that's probably not happening. Like how do you actually go about finding like new talent? I'm just curious. Uh, like independent of my job. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I still use SoundCloud a lot. So I'm actually managing an artist right now. And I just found him through SoundCloud. Um, I was checking out an artist that I found on Spotify and I was digging into his music and was just looking at who he was following. And it's, it's almost like crate digging. Like you just keep digging, you fall into this rabbit hole on SoundCloud. You're checking out like this one rapper's, you know, liked songs or, you know, who he's following. And I just came across this guy, mm -hmm. Seth, who had an incredible, like, seven songs on his SoundCloud and had less than 100 followers. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I'm in a few group chats that share music, and there, there's all kinds of different streams that I'm looking at for new music, just constantly on Spotify, SoundCloud. Yeah. I'm gonna ask, so let's say there is a, a new artist or a new um, talent or band or group on SoundCloud or Spotify. Is there like a like a litmus test that you give the ear? Like let's say the first 15 seconds, you're like, no, I'm cutting this shit off. I'll go to the next track. Or is it like, all right, let me hear a few more. Let me at least get them to the, to the hook or to the course and then kind of play it out. Or just like, what is your equation for saying okay this song's actually decent let me listen to some more i think it usually i think it just depends on the genre first so if it's like a singer songwriter um i usually wait until the hook with a rapper um i might do the same when it comes to like r&b and i'm really just looking for the voice so like if the voice doesn't really stand out in the first 15 seconds, um, you know, it's kind of a pass for me. Uh, I'm, I'm just going through so much music every single day though, you know, uh, for work alone, I'm listening to hundreds of tracks and there's no way, there's no scalable way for me to listen to that many tracks. So, I mean, I, I, can only do like a few seconds at a time, you know? Um, but for work, like I try to be as objective as possible because I'm just going by the data, right? Yeah. So. Yeah. 
Um, yeah. Um, so obviously you mentioned SoundCloud, Spotify, um, I don't know what other platform you mentioned, but I was going to ask about, do you use TikTok? Do you use Triller? Like, are you seeing what rapper or what up and coming artist is creating like a new dance crave or a new like hashtag wave or something? Because I feel like that's how a lot of songs are blowing up now, whether it's from artists that are already established or from up and coming artists, I guess that's kind of. Yeah, I, absolutely. I think the entire music industry has their, has their pulse on TikTok, you know, um, there's so much talent that is on there, uh, but there's also just a lot of noise on there at the same time. So sometimes it's kind of hard to decipher uh, what's good, what isn't, what's like, what is going to be a trend just for a week, or will this trend be around for a month, two months? Um, and that's really hard, you know, to kind of like weed out the stuff that, you know, is just a trend. Like, one thing we, we try to differentiate is like, is this just a trend? Or is this like, an actual song that we can maybe just sign to a single deal or is this maybe an artist, you know? Um, so we're definitely looking at TikTok. We actually signed an artist off of TikTok. His name is Jaden. Yeah. He already had a really big following. I think he had something ridiculous, like 8 million followers on TikTok. Um, like millions of followers on, on Instagram. And he was just doing like dances. He, he sings really well too. And I think that's one of the reasons why he built such a large following on TikTok. Um, but he put out one song and we just knew that he was just more than a, a person on TikTok. You know, he's not just some kid on TikTok. Like he actually has something really special about him. Um, and, you know, there's not to say there's, a whole bunch of those guys maybe there's like 10 people that come out of tiktok um but he's definitely one of the special ones i think and yeah i mean yeah gotcha yeah i was gonna ask is that like the obviously there's various methods of ways to enter the music industry but if you're like a younger artist do you feel like they have to build a buzz on soundcloud or even make like a tiktok um like dance video to kind of be discovered at this point or are there other ways that you can kind of make a name for yourself um you know i think right now because we're in this age where anyone can make music and i don't mean that in a facetious way like literally anyone can make music upload it onto SoundCloud or even upload it onto any of the, the other platforms. Um, and there's an audience there for for to consume your music, you know? Um, and I think the best way you can get noticed by label, if you want to do a la like a label deal or anything, is to just engage an audience, no matter how big or small it is like it's, a, it's all about finding your niche right so if you can create an engaged audience even if it's just you know in your hometown um 
or, you know, maybe it, it really resonates with your music really resonates with people in a different town or just within your college. Um, that stuff makes a huge difference because my boss always says like, people are people, you know, if people really love your music and, you know, it's just like your friends or, you know, people at your school, um, it's mm-hmm. likely that other people will like th- that music as well. So um, it's all about finding the right audience for your music and then engaging them and keeping them engaged and like, just like producing content that, that really resonates with those people. Gotcha. Um, I know you also mentioned talking about uh, managing artists and obviously doing your research and, and, and discovering these artists. What is it actually like managing an artist? Like as a fly on the wall, just from outside looking in, I just imagine like you're the point of contact, like if a venue wants to get them to perform or you're handling like their day to day to make sure that they're showing up for appearances and all that good stuff. Is that kind of um, what it's like? Or yeah, um, no, I think eventually we'll get there. This is my first time managing an artist. Um, is it like a baby artist, super small right now, doesn't really have too many followers just because we haven't released too much music yet. Um, mm-hmm. But I think like right now as a, as a manager, I'm kind of helping, uh, his name's Seb, I'm helping Seb try and navigate music industry uh like when labels hit us up you know how do how do we approach them what are the kind of questions that he wants to ask like what can he expect uh these kind of conversations Mm -hmm. to go and just also on the strategy side you know not just putting out music just to put out music but being very strategic and methodical about it um and like creating a release Mm -hmm. schedule you know um building a brand. So we're really building the foundation for a much longer career now. Um, And, you know, hopefully months, maybe sometime next year when things start to open up, maybe touring is a possibility, but right now we're really just focused on building the brand, being strategic um, and really preparing ourselves for, you know, potential conversations with labels or um, if that's even something that we want, we want to do, maybe we just stay independent, but it's kind of like a, a teaching moment for him, but also like definitely a teaching moment for me. Cause I'm just kind of learning things on the fly. Gotcha. And I was going to ask, I feel like, is that a, is that a constant struggle or a battle with an up and coming artist? Like, you want to be strategic with the content that you're creating, but at the same time, you want to kind of build that buzz. So would you, obviously you wouldn't want him to drop like a track every day or drop a mixtape every week, but like, how do you go about kind of building that, that, that process well, out? I mean, you could drop a track every single day. I mean, we're seeing that right now with artists during in quarantine, there are artists that are, you know, there's one guy who is, asking his followers on TikTok to send him song ideas. And every day he's just writing personalized songs to those fans, you know? So oh, wow. I think when you're thinking about strategy and releasing your content, 
I mean, you have to see what, what really fits uh, your audience's needs. If, if they want more content more frequently, then, and you can produce that, then just go for it. But if you want to really take your time um, and maybe you don't have an audience yet, then I think like building the music and your brand and then being strategic about it, like that's the most important part. So, you know, you don't want to just release music just to release music. Yeah, that, um, that definitely makes sense. And you've been hinting on a lot of things about working um, in the music industry, whether it's managing artists or kind of finding new talent. What would you say is like some of the shit that most people don't realize that goes into working in the actual industry? Because like at the beginning of our conversation, you were talking about like the data aspect of music. I didn't even realize that people are finding um, artists or, or new talent using these algorithms or, or these these analytics for like a better words to find. Uh, yeah, I mean, the crazy thing about the music industry, as you can imagine, is that it's very competitive. And I, I knew it was going to be really competitive going in, but mm-hmm. like you, w- with with the amount of content that is being uploaded onto all of these different platforms every single day, and the amount of people consuming, um, if you're an artist puts out one song and it does like really well on Spotify in just one day and you don't catch it by the end of the day, you're kind of late. You know, you really, really have to be on it. Um, so that, I mean, I knew it was competitive, but I also didn't know to what extent. Gotcha. That's cool. And kind of, obviously, talking about the competitive nature and some of the perks that come with working in the music industry, have you ever, like, met any of your, not, I'm not going to say idols, let's say some people that like you grew up listening to and you're like, damn, like now I'm like kind of in their space or they're almost, uh, almost appear. Like, I'm just kind of curious to hear that side of um, the game as well. I haven't really met anyone who, you know, like I've listened to before there. Do you know who Charlie Puth is? Who was like, he's a he's a he's a pop artist who is signed to warner i think he's signed to atlantic so electra and atlantic we share office spaces right now we're we're on the same floors um and i had no idea who charlie booth was I i knew the name i didn't know what he looked like um and i met him in the kitchen in our office and him and his oh wow his friends were just talking about um, alternative burgers, like impossible burgers and beyond meat. And I just had a full on five minute conversation with, with him about beyond meat. And I I had no idea who it was. I got back to my desk and my coworker was like, you know, that was Charlie Puth, right? I was like, no, I did not know that. And I looked him up later on. He had like millions of followers, like, like a billion streams on Spotify combined. (laughs) Yeah, that's, that's funny you say that because literally when you said his name, I'm in front of my computer. I looked him up on IG, and there's like 30 people that follow me. 
time. So apparently it's a uh, yeah. big deal. No, but I, I don't see having met anyone really famous yet. Um, not that I can think of off, uh, off the top of my head. Gotcha. I wanted to get into what is your what is your musical taste? Because obviously we've mentioned some of the groups and some of the artists, but like, what are you listening to like on a day to day, or kind of what uh, attracts your ear? Shit, I honestly I I like everything, um, and it's such a lame answer to give, but I I kind of just like <laughs> really like good music. Like I can feel, uh, I can appreciate good music no matter where it's coming from um mm-hmm. like my 2020 2019 year in review on spotify my top five artists were frank ocean this one band called the young marble giants who is from the early 80s they're like a post-punk band um okay. just I think uh, I think Future might have been on there, <laughs> so it's kind of all <laughs> it's kind of all over the place. Um, so you know, the the one genre that I haven't really gotten into that has been hard for me is country. I I'm open to it. I just haven't heard anything that has resonated with me yet. Yeah, that uh, I know we were talking about TikTok videos and being discovered online earlier. I think the kid's name was Mason Ramsey, who was discovered off of that um, yeah, that yeah. Walmart video. He's actually signed. He signed to so Atlantic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is he? Oh wow. Hey, maybe, maybe he'll be in the kitchen one day and he'll he'll <laughs> just, walk in there and start discussing. Just you know? yodeling. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Pretty much. Um, I wanted to ask you, what do you think it is about the music industry that that attracts so many people to saying that they want to either create music or, or work in that space? Well, music is such a huge driver for culture. You know, it's, mm-hmm. I think, especially hip hop. I, I feel like I meet so many people that want to work in hip hop um, because it is so a part of our culture. It's so a part of, you know, basketball. Um, it's so a part of just pot. It, hip hop is popular culture. And so um, it's such a mm-hmm. cool industry to be a part of. And I think that's why many people want to work in it. They want to be part of that. They want to be in the driving seat, right? Um, whether it's as an artist or if you just want to, you know, work at a record label. Um, so, I mean, it, it, it's a, it is a really cool and exciting industry to be in. Um, and yeah, I can see the appeal, uh, but I think the people that really, really push the the culture forward and the music industry forward are the people that really just love music and not really want to be there for the ride, you know? Yeah. That makes sense. And I guess obviously having a, a love for music and kind of uh, building out your career also finding new talent i was gonna ask do you have like a mentor or like a support system or like would that be how would i phrase that like are you wary of sharing like new artists with like let's say some of your um, co-workers or your label mates 
or like are you like no like i found this artist do y'all think he's i am pretty open with people that i work with about artists that i find um mentors that i have i've never really had mentors i've always had a wide network of people um no one specifically who has like mentored me but there have been a lot of people along the way that have that have provided a lot of direction um one guy he he's a dj here in the bay area a legendary dj who was a consultant that the startup that I was working with, Jay Boogie, shout out to Jay Boogie. He really pushed me to look for a job. If I wanted to work, he was like, if you want to work in music, you have to get out of the Bay Area. There's a ceiling for your music career in the Bay Area. It's like people that I've worked with um, that have moved on to LA, New York, their careers have just thrived. And so, you know, really like shout out to him because if he didn't really give me that nudge, that push, I might still be in the Bay and not working at where I am now, you know? Gotcha. And this isn't JP yeah. from B2K, <laughs> is it? <laughs> I had to make sure. <laughs> I had to double check. I had to, I had to make sure. Um, yeah, I think it's either Jay Bug or Jay yeah. Boogie, one of those shits, so I don't know. But, um, yeah, that's funny. I was going to ask, you said about moving out of the Bay, so you think Larry June's going to have to move to L.A. or move to, like, Atlanta or New York to be, like, a bigger artist? <laughs> he might. I mean, I the thing is, it's so difficult for an artist to break out of the Bay because there's only a few. I mean, there's, like, there's Jeezy, there's Kehlani, um, Saweetie, I guess, but... And it's such a regional sound, I feel like, you know, and I love Bay Area hip hop, but, you know, yeah. it, for some reason, it just didn't connect with people. I thought that, you know, we had that time in the 2000s where, and the 90s, where like Southern rap was really on the mainstream stage. And I was like, okay, you know, at some point, the Bay is going to get there too. And it just, I feel like it just never really happened. It kind of happened with the hypey movement, but. That died quick. Yeah. It did. It did. I remember that. Uh, oh, man. Like, yeah. Is he, is he from uh, Steve? He's <laughs> out there really big. Tell me, tell me when to go. Yeah. yeah. Ask Carl, like all that. I think, all he's, that stuff. I think he's in prison now. Good tracks. I think he might get out. Oh, man. You know, free key. Shout out to Keep the Sneak. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I need a t shirt. Talty. <laughs> but. Exactly. Um, I was gonna ask you, what inspires your, what inspires your career? Like, what what helps you to keep going on those days where you're like, damn, I don't want to listen to fifty more artists on SoundCloud, or I don't feel like flipping through the crates today. Like, what inspires well, I, you? I love doing that. It's to me, it's almost like a drug. Okay. You know, um, you asked earlier who, what my musical taste was, and I think like if I had to mm-hmm. name a few artists that are like benchmarks for me it's definitely like erica badu i think anderson pack is just an incredibly talented artist um i love nas uh so those are like my benchmarks like kendrick i love kendrick and frank ocean so i'm just always looking for the next erica badu or you know someone that just like is actually better than them you know and i believe that 
is definitely out there. Um, like we'll event, we'll find a few, hopefully. Um, but that's what kind of drives me. And then also, you know, on the managing side, like I don't really have a stake in it. This is so early on. I, the, what drives me with, with in managing is helping out this artist and like helping them reach their goals. You know, like I made that decision early on, like I'm not going to be an artist, um, but I definitely want to help artists get to where they want to be. Uh, especially when I really just believe in the music, you know. I was going to ask, what is your advice for someone that wants to get into the music industry, whether it's on the management side or in another capacity, but they're just trying to get the um, door? One, find your niche and try and provide value uh, that others can't. Um, and I think you just have to be really proactive. The music industry is super competitive. There's only like so many jobs and you really need to be proactive if you want one of those, those jobs. Like you have to stand out. You almost have to think of yourself as an artist, you know? Um, what, are, what are the things that make me stand out from, from the crowd? So Eric, if you have a few minutes just or have a few seconds, I actually just wanted to put you in the hot seat and get your take on five random ass questions. Are you down? Yeah, sure. All right, cool. Um, first question, Coachella or South by Southwest? I have never been to South by Southwest, so I, I'll have to go to Coachella. Okay, cool. Um, control the ox or drive the car? I have to drive the car. Uh, if I am not driving, I fall asleep in the car. <laughs> so yes. the, the music doesn't even matter at that point <laughs> note to self never do a road trip with eric okay <laughs> yeah i i'm like a baby I, in the back seat i just immediately fall asleep gotcha. uh, i know we talked about um basketball earlier with coach carter so steph curry or iverson oh that's hard ah oh, this is really hard AI gave the Lakers buckets, even though he only won one game in the series. He, he was definitely one of my favorite players growing up. But I think I'm going to have to go with Steph. Shout out to the Bay. 30 on my That's chest. Bay Area. Yeah. Um, next question, <laughs> just because I'm hungry. French toast or waffles? Uh, waffles. Wow. The first, you're the first guest to say that. Yeah. So. Dude, <laughs> if you ever have the chance whenever this opens up um whenever new york opens up you got to go to blue bottle and get their waffles okay. all right i'll definitely yeah. pass that down um last question three people you would put on a song it could be anybody past or present or even future uh shit yeah that's really hard for me but i think there's there's one song back in the day. Did you ever listen to Little Brother? Yeah. So, um, they broke up for a little bit, and it was just like Big Pooh and yep. Fonte after a while. Uh, and then Ninth and Fonte decided to, I guess, like reconnect, and they made one song together, and they put Little B on it. Oh wow! So I thought the Ninth Wonder Fonte Little B oh, song wow. was like. <laughs> 
one of the greatest things I've ever oh, heard. Man. So I would want them to do an album together. So, sorry, Big Poo. Don't need Big oh, Poo no. in any of this. <laughs> you are you are talking about Bay Area's little B, right? Okay. Yeah, Bay Area's okay, little B. The one that, uh, who did he curse during the series? Was it the uh, Thunder? It's like a few years ago. Yeah, he cursed the Thunder. He cursed KD specifically. <laughs> Base guy. And then he lifted the curse oh, when he came to the Warriors, obviously. <laughs> Base guy. Um, cool. Yeah. What's, what's the first thing you're going to do kind of once the lockdown or the timeout is over? Um, dude, I'm trying to find like the first rooftop party. Nice. <laughs> you let me know. I'm there. Let me yeah. Know. yeah. When I get back to New York, we gotta, we gotta do yeah. something cool. And, um, so. thanks again for joining. I was going to ask last, how can the people get connected with you to kind of follow your moves or to see what artists that you are following or managing feel free to shout out your handles or not shout out your handles some people like to remain exclusive so have at it um just find me on instagram uh at eric e-r-i-c panganiban p-a-n-g-a-n-i-b-a-n and then b-a-n again um yeah that's the best way to find me cool Uh, Thanks again for joining the You Should Listen podcast. I'm your host, Layden Williams, and we are out.